welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the happenings in the DFFL. Now, here's your hosts, James Wiley and Aaron Kelly. Right, welcome in, guys. This is our first podcast after the start of the season. You excited, Aaron? I am excited. Uh, half excited, considering a loss, but excited. We'll get there. We'll get there. Spoiler alerts. All right. <laughs> Let's take a look. We're going to work our way down the matchups from the highest difference between points to the lowest difference between points. And then we'll hit you with the matchup of the week. And so the biggest difference in points, uh, to no surprise of anyone, was Wiley's dead footballers versus Wes's shitheads. Maybe Wes was a little... Um, surprised by that, but I don't think he should have been. And, you know, it was 130.8 to 102.5 to in the advantage of Wiley's dead footballers. Um, as we kind of expected, you know, big days from Wiley's running backs, not so much from the wide receivers. And West, we kind of expected Cam Newton, David Johnson, and Michael Thomas had days, and nobody else was worth it. Yeah, so, um, I mean, Breeze, let's start with Breeze. First off, that's the Drew Breeze that we want to see. That's the Drew and, Breeze you drafted last, would wanted to draft last year. Exactly, and that's what you expect to get from a top-tier quarterback, even though I did not rate him top-tier, but that's top-tier numbers right there. That being said, as, as you led in with, your running backs lifted you to this to this win. It's it's obvious. Um, Saquon Barkley had 18 rushes on 106 yards, so the volume is there. But it scares me that um, you know, obviously, one of his his rushing touchdown accounted for more than half of his yards. Um, Mixon, I like the numbers. Uh, can't argue that he had a fantastic week. And then Melvin Gordon. I mean, those four players right there, uh, th- those could guide you to the playoffs. And you could literally not have wide receivers, and I think you would make it. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the most, like, I agree with Saquon. If you didn't say that, I was going to point up that 12, um, 12.2 of his points, of his 19.8 points, came on one play, and that's kind of alarming. I am you know taking it with a grain of salt because it was against Jacksonville and that is like the toughest defense in the league so I'm excited by the fact that you know he managed to get some points against them but I was watching that game I had two TVs going I had the Dolphins game which was on for seven freaking hours and the Giants on the other TV and I was like watching like what the hell's going on Saquon like you're supposed to be good um Mixon, I was uh, pleased with. Uh, the biggest surprise, which wasn't a surprise, but I was quite happy with, was Melvin Gordon had nine receptions, and that's never been a huge part of his game. He's been more of a plotter running back, but I'm glad to see that he got nine receptions and getting involved in that passing game um, because, you know, that he'll be on the field more and even though Austin Eckler got actual points this week for whatever reason, he was only on the field for 26% of plays. So I'm not terribly concerned there. Um, you know, cook's got 12 points without a touchdown that I was excited about 
Corey Davis was targeted a bunch, but you know that Dolphin defense is just studly. Eifert, whatever. Saints was a huge surprise at negative three points against what was supposed to be the second worst team in the league with Tampa Bay. Um, but Fitzmagic did his thing. That guy, he just, he's like a fine wine. Right. Just gets better <laughs> as he gets older. It's amazing. This guy should have retired three years ago, and he's still playing. Yeah. He's and actually, get, he got 50 points. One, yeah, after week one, he's actually fantasy relevant. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> he's going to be ranked in the top 15 quarterbacks because of only week one. Like, exactly. Absolutely. Um, so, as far as Wes's team, Michael Thomas had a fantastic game. It, um, I just want to back it up real quick. Oh, sorry. Know. No, it's all right. Um, your wide receivers, we know, it's scary. I mean, oh, man, your leading wide receiver is Kenny Galladay. And if going forward, I mean, hypothetically, it should be Brandon Cooks. But going forward, if Kenny Galladay is your leading scorer for wide receivers each week, you're going to be hurting. I think, like I said, your top four players will get you to the playoffs with their wide receiver, unless Brandon Cooks can turn it on. I don't see you making it to the Brian. Now, obviously, this is first week, you know, talk. But I feel like you need that fifth strong player to get you there. Um, So Brandon Cooks, I'm actually very happy with his 11.8, and I'll tell you why. He did not have a touchdown, and Brandon Cooks tends to be like one of those big boom-bust guys where he gets the long touchdown, and then he'll get a good score, but if he doesn't, then he usually has like three for 37, and it's worth nothing. So I'm kind of pleasantly surprised with the five for 87, no touchdowns, a rush attempt, and he actually had two big plays that led to 30-plus yards, and they were pass interference calls. So I'm okay. I understand there's huge risk there for him. Um, Corey Davis was on his way to a decent day. He had ended with 9.2, but Mariota came out um, during the middle of the game with an injury. He's actually expected to be back this week. But um, with uh, Delaney Walker going down, and I, I just that was his favorite target, and so. Corey Davis already had the most targets, and then you lose Delaney Walker. I feel like he'll be safe. I kind of just want a safe guy there who's going to get me 10 to 15 points, and I think the guys I have might do that. I feel a little better. Yes, I'm still very uneasy about them, but I feel a little better. If I can get 10 points, 10 to 15 points from Corey Davis slash Kenny Galladay slash Aguilar, slash whoever, I feel safe there. And then whatever Brandon Cooks does for me will, um, you know, it'll make me either go very, very high or be in that, you know, 5 to 15 range, 5 to 10 range. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If my running backs can produce like this on a semi-weekly basis, I think I'll be in playoffs. And all it takes is a chip in a chair, baby. That, uh, that is, and, and it's week to week, so at that point. Um, looking at Wes's team, Cam didn't surprise me. I had him ranked very high. I think he had a good week. Uh, just you're not going to compete with Breeze, you know, when he has a week like that. Now, if you had asked me before this, you know, week 
went on, I would have told you that Cam Newton would have outscored Breeze. Not by a lot, but would have outscored him. David Johnson getting in the end zone, which is nice. So Wes has got two nice pieces there. Henry, he's it's going to be a long week. It's going to be a long season for him. Um, Derrick Henry is not – he's not going to be good. I, I'm sorry. He He's a flex player in my opinion at best, and I just don't think he's – I don't think he's going to produce um, – if I'm Wes, I'm happy with seven points from Sterling Shepard because I think that's generous. Uh, again, not high on Sterling Shepard, but as a flex player, you'll take it. Uh, Michael Thomas, freaking great week, okay? He's obviously going to come down a little bit, but 16 receptions on 17 targets. That's obviously not going to happen again, um, but this will be Wes's core. Newton, Johnson, Thomas. If those three can produce in the high teens to low to mid-20s, he'll have a shot. The problem is that he's got Devin Funchess and Derrick Henry, who are bringing it down, who together didn't even equal 10 points. So, oh, and let me touch on this before we get a little crazy, since you're like the stat guy and I'm, I just go off on people. <laughs> that that game by Isaiah Crowell is never happening again. You missed out on your points I'm sorry, Wes, you missed out. You can play him this week. You can do whatever you want, but it's never happening again because that guy, he's just not going to do it. I think the Detroit Lions are actually that bad. Not the Jets are that good. The Detroit Lions are actually that bad. And Crowell will not 10 rushes for 102 yards. In what world? Never. Never again. (laughs) I think he will have solid weeks. I don't think he's going to have 20-plus point weeks, but I think he'll get you 10 in in other weeks coming. Like, he's going to have – he's going to be the short yardage back, so he's going to get some touchdowns just by pure chance. He'll get 10, 11, 12 points every other week, every third week or something. So it's going to be a can you pick the right – can you throw the dart at the, the target – and, and hit the right week kind of thing with Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell. Derrick Henry, Wes actually dropped Derrick Henry, so he's not even going to be a thing for him. Um, well, he's lucky. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and we'll get into that during waivers. Um, a little nervous about Kyle Rudolph. He only got one catch, and it was a touchdown. And so... His numbers look okay for a tight end at 7.6, and he was actually ranked in the top seven tight ends because of that, and tight ends sucked last week like they always do, but like they really sucked last week. I think uh, I think Rudolph and, and Gronk are the only like top 10 tight ends consensus from the beginning of the season that scored more than seven points. You know, Reed gets in there at like the 12, top 12 tight ends, and so... He's, you know, he gets, he had a solid week, but we'll get to that during, during your game. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's no volume either for Rudolph, two targets the whole game. And right. again, it obviously a touchdown, which helps it, but I, Wes, I'm sorry. I know I'm, I've been ripping on you a lot, but oh man, I, I don't know how you make the playoffs, and I mean this in a nice way, without adding a piece to this team. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I will say that West must have known something before the draft because now Greg Olson out for the year. Devin Funches is going to be that middle of the field, big tight end type guy, and he's going to get Cam some. He's going to get some points from Cam. He gets a little tweak up. He'll probably go from five point six to let's mirror that in six point five. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Funches should see an uptick in targets and receptions and yards and points and blah 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 because Olson is out for an extended period of time. We don't know how long. Um, it. But that injury to Olsen is, I guess we'll we'll talk about that during Cramner's game. Um, so he left he left about 18 points or so, 17 points, 6 points on the bench with Isaiah Crowell. Wouldn't have been enough to get him the victory. Um, the only place I left points on the bench was, you know, Galladay had a ridiculous amount of time. I mean, he had 12 targets, I think, and... So, you know, that's not going to happen every week. There's three wide receivers who are solid there, so it's just not going to be every week for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it it should be, it will be rough road ahead for Wes. He may have to, like, trade one of his stud horses like a Michael Thomas or a David Johnson just to trade him for two, you know, yeah, he'll te- have to do the two of those teaser horses and and just get some depth to his roster because there's not much there. Just the last thing, if you have, and I know someone else does in my one of my other leagues, but if you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, just get rid of him. It's not going to be a good season for him. Just drop him. He's eating up bench space. Uh, you think so? Yep. I 100% believe it. They definitely played a, a tough matchup, so we'll see. Um, one of the I, things I, was... I, I, I like him. He's just not he's not going to be fantasy worthy. Yeah. Okay, let's talk the next matchup and that is Todd Job versus Fondue Belly Button where the final score was Todd Job 112.8, Fondue Belly Button 85.6. Um just some notable things from this game. I mean, Todd Job, formerly Stinky Bagels, was the worst team in the league last year. And Fondue Belly Button is the twice reigning champion of the Brian. And he is the only team who did not get to 100 points this week. So kind of crazy there. Uh, On top of that, it's even more crazy because Todd Job had a straight zero from one of his players. And Fondue Belly Button had positive scores from from everybody on his team. Yeah, I'm surprised by Andrew Luck. I think Eric should be pleasantly surprised. Um... Obviously, he'll probably keep it up. Uh, I'm always nervous about players coming off of injuries, but as you said, you know, he's got a track record. Um, Surprised by Kareem Hunt as well in a negative fashion, unfortunately. I just, we're not really sure what he's made of. We know at the end of the season last year, he kind of slowed down. And right now, I know it's week one, but he he hasn't produced. And this could be an issue, especially for... Someone like Eric, who just looking at his running backs, I mean, he's got James White, but again, it's the carousel of the New England running backs. You just don't know. I'm going to chalk up Freeman's poor effort to just a tough defense in Philly. Uh, I think he should bounce back and be better. T.Y. Hilton will probably have an uptick again because of luck thrown to him. I can't believe 
that Chris Hogan only got 1.6. But this is what Eric's teams have always been made of, okay? It's been made of players like Kenny Stills getting 25 points for no reason and him winning games. Whoa. We know this. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, we know this. Kenny right? Stills is a saint. <laughs> well, listen, let's be real. There's been games where there's been people on Eric's team when we're like, oh, my God, how is this guy even performing? And it just happens to be who Eric picks. Right. Um, again, this may be Kenny Stills, but, you know, by week three, week four, Eric's going to be, you know, placing some players in and they'll be blowing up numbers for no reason. And, and he'll get and he'll grab some wins. Yeah, that's true. He's got some he's got guys who are big. I, he's got guys who are boom, big boom bust. His receiver core, his receiving core is entirely boom bust. And there's going to be weeks where all three of them hit with regards to Devonte Freeman. He ended up getting a, a knee injury and that he came out for parts of the game. It's still questionable for this week. He did not practice today, but people expect that he might play. But it's tough because of all the situations in the league, that's the one where, you know, they had can afford to give their starting running back rest. Like, Tevin Coleman is a fantastic backup. And so why push Devontae Freeman to the limit, especially if, since you have him signed for several years and several million dollars, whereas Tevin Coleman is a free agent at the end of this year. He's probably not going to re-sign there. So why not rest Devontae Freeman? They'll probably make it to the playoffs or at least have a late season push where why don't we save Devontae Freeman for then? Let's not risk this knee injury. We'll see what goes on there. Kareem Hunt, you know, this is what I was afraid of with him. That's why I'm not a huge fan of him. He has these games where he just is disappearing, and that's in part due to Andy Reid. Andy Reid is notorious for occasionally forgetting that a player's on his roster, and then at the end of the game press conference says, well, we got to do a better job of getting the ball to Kareem Hunt. Well, aren't you the one in charge of it? Like, get him the ball. Like, why are you yeah. coming afterwards and saying saying that afterwards um and he, sh- and he should be getting the ball to be right. fair he had, he had 16 rushes and yes. only got 49 yards that's that's really poor yeah so that was that was poor um he had a poor yards per carry but you know that that's in the same vein as saquon i think like saquon got one more rush maybe was it and then that one rush just happened to be a 62 yard touchdown who knows mm-hmm. that next kareem hunt one could have been a 62-yard touchdown. And there was also the issue with Tyreek Kill. They clearly love Tyreek Hill there. And Tyreek Hill had the long kick return, had the long bomb touchdown. He had two shovel pitches to him in within the five-yard line. Like, they game-planned for Tyreek Hill in that game. And I think that might be a situation going forward with Kansas City all the rest of the year. They have Kareem Hunt. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Sammy Watkins. It's going to be like week-to-week kind of thing with these players. They have a bunch of players who have extreme talent, and and, and therefore they can't all be covered at the same time. So whoever is the, the hot hand is going to be the one who's benefiting the most, probably. So, you know, I'm guessing, I think they play the Steelers this week. I'm guessing the Steelers are probably going to game plan for Tyreek Hill. Maybe that's a big week for Kareem Hunt. We'll see. So... I'm looking at Kyle's team now, and, uh, you know, Russell Wilson does what Russell Wilson does. I'm not high on Russell Wilson this year. I don't care. You guys can tell me I'm wrong, and I probably will be, but I just don't think he's going to perform that well. Um, 
But he did his job in week one. Todd Gurley was Todd Gurley. There's no doubt about that. 20 rushes, three receptions. Just curious, just for the Russell Wilson thing, is it a an issue of talent or is it an issue of the lack of talent around him? No, it's the lack of talent around him. Okay. And now Doug Baldwin out with an injury. There's not All reports leading up to this season was saying that he has one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And then now you're losing Doug Baldwin and... It, it, it's he's a good player, but you know you can be a good player and you don't have the supporting cast and it's not going to work out for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think part of it is the fact that the, the reason he gets points is his he makes up for the fact that the offensive line isn't great with his running. And so that's why he ends up having higher scores than you would anticipate from someone who does not have such a great supporting cast. Um, that being said, the reports I've seen was the line was kind of better than it has been because it has been one of the worst already. And now it's starting to look a tad better because of a little bit of chemistry being built, but not still in the bottom half of the league, definitely. We'll see. I mean, Russell Wilson... He is what he is. He's going to get a solid amount of points usually because of that safe rushing baseline that he has, which actually I'm kind of surprised to actually look now and see that he didn't have anything. He had five yards last week. Yeah. So <laughs> counteracting my point right there, Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley. Kyle is thirsty to get Mark Ingram back because Ty Montgomery needs to get out of that lineup. I, he did, actually. I think he got dropped. But again, we'll get to that during waivers. Doug Baldwin's out for an indetermined amount of time. Not much else to trust on that roster. Rashad Penny was his next best running back, I believe. And yeah, he had 6.3. 6. And, you know, Frank Gore was next at 6.1. I know we can all joke and say, like, really, Frank Gore? But as someone who actually watched the Miami game, Frank Gore looked good for a 35-year-old running back. He had burst to him. Again, it's the first week of the season. They had a two-hour break in the middle, and they had a one-hour break in the middle. So he got his like he got like a little rejuvenation in the middle there. So it's hard to say what what he will actually look like going forward. Really like the wide receiver play here. Um, obviously, you're starting Keenan Allen every week, and I told you at the beginning of the season I'm high on Denver. Uh, wide receivers this year and Emmanuel Sanders freaking lit it up and he's going to do it all season it's going to happen now where it kind of dropped off and obviously the zero from Doug Baldwin where Kyle could have been one of the highest scorers this week but a huge huge disappointment from Travis Kelsey one reception for six yards it's got it when you draft a Travis Kelsey, especially a tight end, you're risking not getting someone else to pick up a tight end, and you need something better from him. Right. I mean, that Travis Kelsey was a he was picked 22nd overall. That's early third round. That's second pick in the third round. I mean, that's any number of running backs, including Joe Mixon, who would have replaced that zero from Doug Baldwin, and then you could have picked freaking Joe Schmo to play tight end and got more points than 1.1. Uh, but again, that's that KC offense. It's that's it's a little scary with a second-year quarterback playing for the first time a, and so many weapons. You don't know where it's going. You don't know who he favors. You don't know what to expect. It 
seems like Hill is one of his favorites so far. We'll we'll see how that how that goes. But just the fact that I think it was only one or two targets is kind of the scary thing. It was a weird game in that I think there was only like fifteen or sixteen pass attempts. And so that's that's weird. And it's because special teams got points and stuff, so that you know, pushed them away from having to run so many offensive plays. So we'll see where that goes. I expect Kelsey to bounce back, but who knows? Um, just on the tight end thing, Eric did lose Delaney Walker for the year. So um, that's actually that's going to be a disappointment. Um, if I if I had Delaney Walker, I'd be disappointed because I think he was going to put up a, a decent year for like a tight ends. I'm not saying Gronk or anyone like that, but you know, a constant, you know, seven to 10 points and to lose someone where in a position where they're not really reliable, there's not a lot of reliable options that that could really come back to to bite him, unfortunately. Yep, absolutely. All right. So anything left on these two teams? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. I, I told you in my rankings that Kyle had one of the best teams. I had him rated at the highest, but I just thought, you know, the, with the way that Eric's been rolling with a little bit of luck and getting some wins, I thought he might have been able to to uh, see it out, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to add in one more thing. Hey, Kyle. Almost to your total wins last season. You're halfway there, buddy. Good on you. All right, let's talk Ass Man versus Carl Malone. Um, Ass Man was last year's regular season champion, going 11-2, and best record we've ever had in the regular season. Carl Malone squeaked into the playoffs last year, courtesy of Meg's drafting, and he took him down, 121.5 to 102. The Ass Man is truly the Ass Man this week. So what do you got on this game? Uh, I think Joe Mack's going to be highly disappointed with Matt Ryan, 8.8 points, but that's the... I mean, what did he draft him, second to last or last? Yeah, 14th uh, round. Yeah. But still, yeah, someone of Matt Ryan's caliber, you're expecting to at least get double digits. I mean, that's being generous. He should be putting up 15, 14, 15 points. Uh, McCaffrey, Williams, and just looking at his bench, Burkhead, it's no no question we knew that was going to happen. No one there producing really anything. Um, McCaffrey, 10, you know, 10 rushes, 50 yards. Um, <clears throat> no one in the end zone out of his running backs. Uh, Diggs, okay, you expect a little more from him. Hopkins, you definitely expect more. But again, you're, he's playing with a quarterback who's coming off an injury. You don't really know what it's going to be like. And then lastly, Evans, you know, really uh, pumping it up there. Ertz looked good, but... Again, I'm surprised. I thought the ass man would take this one. Did I? T- I picked the ass man, didn't I? Um, uh, yes, I believe we both did. And you know, Rob's team just came out and and got it done. I, running back's going to be a struggle for him. He's going to have to figure that out. We all know that. Um, really, uh, if Diggs and Hopkins don't pick it up, he's going to ha- he's going to be in for a long year. Agreed. You know, it was a rough first week for him. Matt Ryan underperformed. I think that's going to happen again this week, and we'll see. McCaffrey was a bit of a surprise for me. You know, while his running backs are his weakness, I kind of expected McCaffrey to be a little bit more involved in the game and and maybe score a touchdown or be, you know, much more relevant than he was. He had 16 total touches, 
And we were led to believe all offseason that it was going to be more than that, that he was just going to be this workhorse back. And it didn't turn out that way. He had maybe he had decent flex numbers, and he's his running back one. But it is important to point out that if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of that quick box score, yep, you see a big horse right there in Adrian Peterson. Those thunder thighs of his got 21.6. And honestly, I think he's going to do it all season. So, uh, to that point, I think that he's definitely got it next week, possibly even week three. I think Adrian Peterson is going to wear down quicker than he ever has in the past. You know, last year he had some great games. He's, I don't think you can give him the ball 26 times every week. All right. And here's the crappy thing. His bye week is week four. It's not even in the middle of the season. Right. So, you know, maybe that gives him slightly more rejuvenated, but he's then you're looking at like week seven, eight, that he's kind of had a lot of back to back weeks of heavy carrying. Um, So we'll see the advantage to Adrian Peterson for Adrian Peterson is I think that he has one of, if not the smartest quarterbacks in the league. So he has he has the best quarterback in the league. Adrian, I think that if, you know, Alex Smith is not going to put him in difficult situations. He's going to put him in smart situations. He's never going to pass him the ball where he's getting his head ripped off across the middle. He's he's going to check it down to runs when it's favorable. He's going to check it out of runs when it's not favorable. Smart guy. That'll help Adrian Peterson a lot. We'll see how that goes. Jamal Williams, I mean, not going to be anything to write home about. Never was. He could have been a solid ad, but the fact that Aaron Rodgers is banged up, Jamal Williams is definitely their best pass blocking back. That's what he's going to be doing now. He's going to be blocking and giving Aaron Rodgers extra protection because if it's if you're anybody on the coaching staff of the Packers, you're not giving a crap about Jamal Williams. You're protecting your quarterback uh, now second best quarterback in the league third best according to you probably maybe with after yeah. Alex uh, Smith is the best Alex Smith then Brady <laughs> then Aaron Rodgers yep now if AP puts up these numbers if AP is giving you between 13 and 17 points a week he slots into his RB1 McCaffrey becomes his RB2 then you've got Diggs Hopkins Evans now that is a team That'll make playoffs. That could be a Final Four team. Yep, but definitely. you're relying heavily on an old Adrian Peterson. You're relying heavily on an old Adrian Peterson, and you're relying heavily on a small, tiny Christian McCaffrey who's taking on a big load. And so both fragile options at the running back, but they're fragile <laughs> options that can be big scorers. We'll see how it goes. Speaking of the injured Aaron Rodgers, I'd like to take a little look over at, at Carl's team. Um, Rodgers was Rodgers. He was out for, I, I don't know, maybe like a quarter of the game. Came back in, still got 25 points, 24.9. I mean, the guy's ridiculous. Rob obviously sweating a little bit right now. The good thing is he has Carson Wentz. The bad thing is no one knows when Carson Wentz is coming back. Again, the good thing is Aaron Rodgers is questionable. He's not doubtful. He's not out. The bad thing is how bad is the knee? Marshawn Lynch really is a running back too. Unfortunately, Le'Veon Bell is 
I mean, he gets the win without Le'Veon Bell. That if he had Le'Veon Bell, that's another. I mean, take Duke Johnson Jr. out. There's there's another. Let's be generous. Fourteen points right there. I mean, he blew this game out of the water. He's playing with an RB two as his RB one and a guy who probably shouldn't even see a starting lineup in Duke Johnson Jr. Right. In my opinion. So once Le'Veon Bell comes back, well, right now, I mean, he may be in some trouble because if Connor keeps doing what he's doing, they don't need him back. Forget yeah. him. Yeah. You don't. That you don't need him. He could be the best running back in the league, which he is. But if someone else is producing, why? Don't even bother. You just sit there. Sit there, man. It doesn't matter to me. Play your games. Sit on the bench. We're not paying you. Yeah. The the pressure actually is all in. Bell's court now because you know look what Connor did now you know we don't need you come back don't come back don't come back we don't care if we have to pay you the money and if you don't come back before week 10 it doesn't count and you're stuck with us for another year so you know we'll see we'll see how that goes even if he does come back now and we see what Connor is you're not they're not going to not play Le'Veon Bell because a they're paying him a ton of money b he's the best running back in the league but you know now maybe he gets spelled more often now maybe connor comes on a little bit more often so and then your points go down a little bit we'll see we'll see what goes on there um unfortunate first pick Yes. Yeah. And you know what happens, you know, sometimes it's injuries. And honestly, I think you'd rather it be an injury. Yeah. And, and I'm only I'm only saying this because then there's a real reason for your guy to be out. This is this is bullcrap. What Le'Veon Bell is doing is bullcrap. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, you should be getting paid. No, you signed a contract. You play through your contract. Stop being do your damn job. Yeah, you know, Amari Cooper being Amari Cooper again, 2.3 points. You know, that just doesn't surprise me. That that guy, whatever, I, I'm not playing him. I'm, yeah. I'm swapping in Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson isn't doing what he did last week, but I'm swapping him in. With the concussion? Yeah, whatever. Still, <laughs> still might do better than Cooper. Yeah, yeah. I'm high on Adams, and he produced. And he and he did what exactly what I thought he was going to do. I wanted to draft him. I had him high on my ranking sheet, and uh, you know Rob Rob snagged him, and and he's paying and he's getting the benefits of it. Crabtree probably did what I think he's going to do all season. I don't see Baltimore, you know, uh, wide receivers going off like crazy, but I do see Crabtree doing pretty darn well between like nine and twelve points a week. Yeah, and that's what he that's what he is now. And when you draft him. You got to know that you can't draft him yeah. thinking he's going to be more than that. And my God, Gronkowski doesn't stop. Nope. You just have to. You just have to keep your fingers crossed that he doesn't get injured. Yeah. If he doesn't get injured, you're getting 15 to 20 points a week from that guy. Right. And so, the scary thing is, really, and I think we mentioned this in the roster analysis after the draft. He's got the top quarterback. He's got the top tight end, and he's got the top running back in the league yes that's a scary scary roster and then he's got solid pieces at the other positions he's he's got a good team and it does change the complexion of his team a little bit to take Le'Veon out of it but he does have a solid team otherwise so we'll see how we'll see how this goes forward for him I'll also point out that 
You know, just looking at quick glance at first over the schedule, I don't see the Vikings producing 19 points again. Uh, they play Green Bay this week. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about week three? They play Buffalo. Then they play Buffalo. They're going to have an uptick. But then they play L.A., Philly, Arizona. But then they play the Jets again. So you are going to get points somewhere, but you can't rely. I mean, 19 points from a defense is pretty generous. And to think about that, I mean, you're looking at 121 to 102. There's your defense right yep. there. Yep. So that's a you know a good play on his part for sure. But obviously everyone knows in the league you can't count on that. Right. So, you know, sometimes the way I look at things is that defense and that kicker, those scores that he got, 19 and 12, they're kind of making up for the Amari Cooper and the Duke Johnson. Like, those yep. points should be coming from those other slots, but they came no matter what. doesn't matter which slot they came from. They got there. Um, it just happens to be luckier when it comes from a defense or a kicker than it does with with the with the running backs and the the wide receivers. So yeah, that's that was a this was a good game. Glad for Rob that his name based drafting worked for him. And the ass man is the ass man. By the way, ass man, your shirt is is coming. It's going to be in the mail. I've just had soccer really late every night. Um, I have it. It's sitting on my passenger seat and. Tomorrow, I believe, is the day that I'll be done before 5 when the post office closes. Get the man his shirt. Yeah. I I mean, I I got it. It's in my possession. It's just a matter of mailing it. Fair enough. Okay. And in the closest matchup of the week, which was predicted by Aaron Kelly, my co-host. Truly. What did I say? Four points? You said within four points, and it was within 1.6 points. Excellent prediction there. Um, Great foresight. It is in the advantage of Diddy, unfortunately, and not yourself. It was 113.6 to 112, and the Diddler won. You know, it was a great game. Solid performances all around from all of the players. I think each only had, like, two, one or two single-digit performances each, and it was a great game. It's it's a great game to watch. That's a great fantasy matchup. That's what you want to see. All right, you don't want to see the blowouts. It's fun to win those close ones and then rub it in the loser's face no offense it doesn't matter who the loser is it could be either either side and it's just that's that's what fantasy is all about yeah i'm i know i just told you i'm i'm mad that i lost i'm actually not mad i'm disappointed um brady did what oh, that's so bad your team feels like a five-year-old kid right now i'm not yeah. mad i'm disappointed Ex- exactly but brady did what he did, and this is why I took him, when I took him. As soon as Rob took Rodgers, I knew it was going to be a fire sale on the quarterbacks, and I said, screw it, I'm not dealing with a second-rate quarterback anymore, and I took Brady, and uh, it it paid off, um, almost. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, I'm pleased. Again, I'm not disappointed. You know, only 10 points, but he's getting 16 attempts, he's getting receptions, I... I'm happy with that. It's only going to go up from here, in my opinion. Where I'm not pleased is, and obviously this is a fantasy view only, Leonard Fournette, a little twinge in his hamstring. Come on, dude. I get they're trying to protect their player. I totally get it. You don't want to make it worse. And I I know I'm being salty right now. Um. Because it'll pay off in the end when he's actually healthy and playing in weeks 13 and 14. But God, man, you couldn't just stick it out for one more 
damn play and run for 20 yards. I mean, it's whatever. I played this weekend. I played soccer this weekend. I pulled my calf muscle, but I continued to play because, well, one, I'm not really worth anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's not your livelihood. And two, because I'm not a little bitch. So, uh, pleased with Tevin Coleman. Again, pleased with Larry Fitzgerald. Happy with Demarius Thomas. I told you I'm, I'm big on Denver this year. And uh, thanks for Jordan Reed. Uh, I can't even be mad that I lost because my team actually played well. Last year, I barely scored triple digits. My team was awful, and it just pissed me off. This team has some potential. Yeah, this team, you had one single-digit performance, and it was from Leonard Fournette, who left the game early. You know, and looking over your team, it's it's good. It's going to be a contender. You're going to make it back to playoffs, knock on wood for you. I don't see you not making playoffs with this roster. You know, you got, and you, and you had solid people on the bench. You had Cooper Cup on the bench with 15 points. You had Randall Cobb with 24 points. Latavius Murray's purely a handcuff and the other two you dropped Sanu in waivers and I don't know if you dropped Morris or not but he's even going to have a better game better games coming back I think it's it's a matter of they played the Minnesota Vikings and that is what it is yeah and Cobb is Cobb is making it hard for me you know do I start Coleman and Cobb these are all things I'm going to have to play with and quite frankly it's it's one of the worst things I'm at I I hate the merry-go-round I just like a starting team and knowing who's going to start. And honestly, if it wasn't for the injury with Fournette, I think I would sub in Cobb for Coleman if Aaron Rodgers is guaranteed to play. But it'll be it'll be a toss-up this week going up against Kyle. I'm not sure. But again, high on Denver, high on Green Bay. We'll see what happens. All right. With regards to Diddy's team, you know, Matt Stafford had an unbelievably poor night against the New York Jets. That's not going to, I don't think that's going to happen again, regardless of where you see this Lions ending up record-wise. You know, Stafford is going to come back. to. We have nine years of experience of him as a starter. We're going, he's going to come back to the norm of, for himself, of a 15 to 20 point quarterback you know, he's he's not the studs. He's not getting 25, 30 points a week. He's getting 15 to 20 every single week. He started off with a piss-poor performance, and I believe that they'll bounce back. Now, um, as I'm watching the game, right, obviously I'm keeping my score in mind. You know, one interception happens, two, three, he throws the fourth, and it's like they're down, uh, what was it? I think it was like... 41 to 17 at the time, right? And you might have been on, um, and we might have been talking, but I think I just said, like, why Why are they still playing him? At this point, I was still up by a point and a half. Why are they still playing him? And this wasn't me being selfish, you know, in a fantasy sense. It was me, excuse me, it was me, you know, thinking as a coach. You're down 41-17, the game is over. I don't care. I, I know people say the game isn't over. Look at Green Bay. No. The game is over. Your your quarterback's already been knocked down three times with an injury scare. He's your starter. He's your clear starter. Why are you still playing him? Yeah, uh, the announcers even did bring that up. We were talking about it at the time. 
And I was saying, I don't know, the game's not necessarily over yet. Look at Green Bay. I was that that voice you just said. That was that was me. And and it was not. Sh- it was shortly after that that the announcers were like, well, it's it's kind of time to start thinking whether you take these guys out because why risk it? And it makes sense. I think that the point that we were talking about it, I I wasn't there yet, but it did get to a point like, okay, what's he in here for? And I'm going to be honest, I don't know who the backup for Matt Stafford is right now. Oh, come um, on. It's, it's, uh, oh, he's number eight. Uh, Castle, isn't it? Oh, is it? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. I'll believe he came it. In, he came in in the fourth quarter. Okay. And he, and he threw a pick himself. And I was like, oh. That's right. That's I, right. I, I noticed that it wasn't Stafford. So that pick would have won me the game. But, eh, what are you going to do? Um, you know, solid running back production, Ezekiel yep. Elliott, 16 yep. points, JHIE, 20 points, which I know you're probably going to be upset about and say that yep. he, he's like a Crowell and didn't deserve it. The only thing yep. I would say to that is Ajayi is, is better than Crowell and he's behind quite literally the best offensive line in the league, maybe yeah. to the Steelers kind of thing. I am low and I, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm on record saying this in one of our earlier podcasts. I am low on Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think he's going to be as productive because teams don't have to worry about wide receivers in Dallas anymore. They can stack the box. And guess what? They're going to do that. And he's not going to be as productive. 15 rushes, 69 yards. Not that impressive. Not that impressive. Um, He did get into the end zone, which obviously helps. But to me, I mean, eight points from Dallas. I think you can expect this basically the whole year. He's going to be a player where he's going to put up running back two numbers, and the only time he's going to put up a running back one number is when he happens to get in the end zone, and I'm a firm believer of that. And at the end of the season, you can all tell me I'm wrong, but I think that's what's going to happen. He probably gets in the end zone like five times this year. Um, Yes. Yes. That Dallas team has taken a hit. Um, Jay Ajayi. Man, I don't get that guy. He's got a British accent. What the hell is going on there? He doesn't score any touchdowns. Now he scores two. Uh, the guy pissing me off. I Land- think you're taking the dolphin factor out of it. He's no longer on the dolphins. So. Yeah, I know. He's going to be better. I know that. It's just, you know, whatever. I'm just so. He's also pissed. not on your team anymore? Yep. Jarvis Landry did exactly what Jarvis Landry's going to do. AJ Green. Holy doing crap. Exactly- I'm looking at this roster. He beat you with your team from last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Green, Landry, Ajayi. I just thought, hey, did, I said in the group chat that my team from last year is killing it right now. I mean, look at it. Breeze, Ajayi, Landry. I'm going to asterisk this. Your team from the last two years is killing it right now. <laughs> you know, Jaguars D did their thing, but it's against the Giants. That's, I mean, whatever. You know. They're going to take a he's going to have to take a serious look into playing Deion Lewis. I didn't think he was going to be that big of a factor, but he's going to be. Unfortunately, he actually he may be better off using him as a trade piece. And other than that, his bench is trash. Yep. With regards to the Jaguars defense, it's just frustrating that they did so well because of a touchdown. You know, otherwise they have, let's see, they take away six for the touchdown and two for the interception that it was they have six points yeah and it's it's frustrating because it's perpetuating this idea that defenses are predictable and that the jaguars are the best 
They had seven touchdowns last year. No defense scores seven touchdowns. So the fact that he has seven touchdowns is just insane. That's two more touchdowns than Zeke Elliott's going to score this year. Here's here's the concern, though. When did Diddy take Angram? Diddy took Angram, I can tell you that, in the eighth round, 78th overall. No. If you were a dog, I'd smack you with a piece of paper. <laughs> I was going to say, that was a dog no. Like, no. Yeah. No. Knock it off. That guy's trash. and you're, It's a wasted pick. Well, you know, we know who Diddy is. We've taught him about the, the quarterbacks now. All right, so now it's time to teach him about the tight ends and the defenses and the kickers. You don't take them as early as Diddy does. However, Diddy does it. He's never missed the playoffs, to my knowledge. And he's going to be content with his 39-39 and 39 overall record, which actually, at this moment right now, as we speak, is 40-39. and 39. So, <laughs> if, that is as Dolphins slash Jets slash Bills as it gets. I'd say I wouldn't argue with it, but, oh my god, Evan Ingram, get, the, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, his team looking very solid, though, with, you know, he's got three good wide receivers and three good running backs he's got pieces to make some noise if yeah and he's got he's got jaguars i'm not saying they're not they're a bad defense i'm saying they're not going to score seven touchdowns they're still going to be in the positive for him and they are one of the better defenses but you know i mean he's got a solid solid team goskowski is never going to be a bad choice when you've got him on the patriots so he's got a solid team if Deion lewis or jarvis landry have another 14 point plus game I'm I'm trading them immediately, and I'm getting another top tier. Maybe even I know this is crazy just because it's week one or whatever, but maybe a top tier quarterback. And and then I think his team is a legitimate like you could go to the Brian. Okay, um, surprised you're saying about that about Jarvis. Jarvis is a uh, is is pretty solid. I mean, it's not no, like I he's think- overperforming. But he he has the he has the option to use Deion Lewis or Jarvis Landry, and both of them put up numbers again. Okay, gotcha. Get, get rid of one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Or or this trade one and and adios Evan Engram and shoot for Gronk or Kelsey. Holy crap! Now that's a team that I'm scared of. Yeah, that's a that is a smart idea. I hate that I'm giving these ideas away, but I mean, screw it. You yeah. know what? I feel that way too at certain times, but at the same time. I'd I'd like the comp- uh, to, I'd like to be part of a competitive league, and you know, so I'm going to give away tips and tricks. Not tips and tricks, like I'm some guru. I am giving away tips and tricks that I've picked up and learned, and and over the years of listening to podcasts and listening to gurus and stuff like that. And whether I, I try to use them, but I may not use them correctly because, or unlucky in an unlucky fashion, because I'm me. But teaching people how to do things better, like adding guys onto your IR spot. Nobody uses their freaking IR spot. Use the goddamn IR spot, people. There's no reason for Nick for um what's his name? Carson Wentz to be sitting on in on his bench. On Rob's You're bench. Right. Put him on the IR spot and go out and pick up somebody. Alright. Alright, it's now time for the matchup of the week. Let's rock and roll. Alright. In last week's matchup of the week, we had the MC Derby. Matt Kalo versus Mike Cranmer. What do you think of this game? Um, well, 
it definitely lived up to expectations in the group chat. Uh, Absolutely, I agree. Nothing that can be said here. That being said, it's weird to kind of see them come together at the end after it's after it, it had finally finished. But I think Cramner can feel a little unfortunate, but again, not not really because he's making out with the fact that he's picked up Connor, which is a brilliant move. It's brilliant, but it's not going to last. So it's kind of overshadowed. Instead of 37, 31 points, he should be getting 11 from Lamar Miller. I like Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, he had a bad game. And the crazy thing is, even with a bad game, Antonio Brown still has 19 points. It's asinine. But you can't have three players from the same team. It's just not going to work. If you have one, if you have one bad week, all the Steelers have to do is lose, and you could be in for some trouble. Yeah, you're talking about 19.8 points being crazy from Brown. Connor had 31.7 in a loss. Exactly. And again, I think I think he'll want to upgrade at Roethlisberger at quarterback. I uh, I don't see that happening. He's going to be okay. Uh, Howard, I'm not a fan of. Uh, I just don't like the Bears. Royce Freeman, this is what I'm talking about with rookies. You just don't know. He is a rookie, right? Yes, I, I think Royce Freeman was is a was a terrible start. I mean, you draft him fine, keep him on your roster until later in the season, see what happens. But he's not somebody to start that week one against Seattle defense, who is dipping down, but is is like a notoriously good defense. Like you don't do that. No, and here's here's the thing: we knew he'd be riding the wide receivers. He's got Brown and Julio, and they did what he needed them to do. And, I mean, what more can you ask for? 19.8 and 23 points. That's exactly what you want from your receivers. you got to ride the wave of Connor for as long as you can and maybe swap out Freeman and play Miller. You're going to struggle. To me, Jordan Howard is an RB2. you got two RB2s with Miller and Howard, so you deal with it because Antonio Brown and Julio Jones are going to make up for that. You, if you can pick someone up off the waivers, you know, uh, maybe a matchup guy or someone who has like three weeks in a row where they might play well and swap out Roethlisberger, I think you'd be better off. Yeah, he's got four solid pieces for five spots. Allen Robinson is an intriguing piece. You know, he's he'll, he'll be a good flex over the course of the year. Josh Gordon, if you play him in the right weeks, could be a good flex over the year. Carry on Johnson. By the end of the year, I expect to do more than he's doing. I expect him to have a slow start and and pick it up towards the end of the year. And we'll see how it goes for him from here on out. I mean, he had 124 points. That's not, that's not a bad performance at all. Um, one of the top scorers in the league, I think it was Kalo and then me and then and then it was him. He was the top three top three scorer. So it is what it is, just unfortunate that you play the the week one high scorer in that week. And like you said, it lived up to expectations in the group chat. It lived up to expectations. One thirty one to one twenty four is a fun fantasy score. It's close. Kalo, stop trying to be Diddy. Alright? It's not you're not that's not you. Like, you're not the little, oh, poor poor me kind of person. You're the shit talker no matter what's going on. Keep it yep. that way. Let Eeyore be Eeyore and you be the shit talker. That's right. And you stay stay on the dark side with me, my friend. Come on. Don't don't give in to that weak crap. <laughs> um, looking at Kalo's team, Deshaun Watson is concerning. 
But the positive is he's got Kirk Cousins, and i got to be honest with you, I'm riding with Kirk Cousins the whole way. Uh, he was in my, my personal rank. He was in my top five QBs for this season. I think he's going to absolutely kill it this year. He's got the supporting cast. There's no reason he can't. So unless Deshaun Watson starts doing what he did last year, I'm dropping him. Alvin Kamara went absolutely insane. Insane. It's not going to happen again, and it definitely won't happen once Ingram comes back. But, man, if you want it to happen, you want it to happen this week when your other opponent is in the top three of scoring and you can still freaking beat him. Because guess what? Alvin Kamara basically had to drag Alex Collins by his ass because Alex Collins is absolutely terrible. Drop him. He's garbage. I mean, it sucks for you because he's almost got to start. I'd start... I think I'd start Carlos Hyde over him, for sure. I don't think Chris Thompson is going to do what Chris Thompson did again. So Holy crap. Carlos Hyde had 22 attempts? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and look at look at Collins. Seven attempts, you know, 13. He got a touchdown, and he still only had six points. Yeah. What? The that only, is terrible. The only thing that's going on with Collins is Kenneth Dixon did just get put on the IR, so he will get more carries, unfortunately. But uh, just to speak to this, Buck Allen just scored a touchdown, so Collins wasn't even in on the short yardage touchdown. Collins is useless. I know Kalo's going to look down at Chris Thompson and be like, holy crap, 21.8 points, and he's going to fall in love with it, and he's going to put him in there because he's just one of his guys. He likes Chris Thompson. That's not going to happen every week. It's not going to happen a lot, I don't think. Uh, it might happen again this week against Indy because Indy is a terrible defense. But I'm just recommending don't get sucked into Chris Thompson. You know, he's a flex play at best. And, you know, just ride Kamara as long as you can and hope that Tyreek and Odell balance it out. Like, look at Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had 38.8 points. It's it's absolutely insane. Again, he's not going to do it again. But uh, how? That's the, the thing, though. He is. He's not going to do it every week, but he's going to do it again. The week you need it, you get it. The week you need it, you get it. That's how you know it's going to be a good year. It's crazy to think that only in week one, but that's how you know. The week you need it, you're getting it. And the the sad thing is... What happens the week you you need it? You get it, baby. The week (laughs) you need it, you get it. But... Odell Beckham wasn't even that impressive. I'm not uh, saying I'm not saying he's not impressive. But there were there were two plays there were two plays he got overthrown. Yeah, he was outscored by Golden Tate and obviously Tyreek Hill, which is amazing to think because of Kalo. If that continues, that trend continues, then Kalo's team will be a force to reckon with because with Kirk Cousins in there, forget about it. He's got one, two, three, four, five pieces. The only thing he needs is an RB two. And honestly, he'd be better off not even playing Collins. Just play play nobody. Literally <laughs> play nobody. He might he might actually get you negative points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and as you said, he's kind of already got a, a RB two kind of sitting there on his bench and Carlos Hyde. Like, yeah, absolutely. And why wouldn't you? Carlos Hyde has the lower ceiling, but the 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 higher floor, the steady floor. Whereas Chris Thompson, he could go off, sure, but you're not getting that every week. You want right. to play with, you want to play the safe game when you've already got Kamara, Golden Tate, Odell, and Tyreek, play the safe game, get those numbers to put you over the edge. You don't want to play the safe game and maybe shoot yourself in the foot and lose by 6 points because you could have got 10 from Carlos Hyde where you only got 4 from 
Chris Thompson, go for it. Sounds like a plan. All right, that sums up week one's matchups, guys. Okay, so let's look at the waivers that cleared on Wednesday. First week that waivers were really, people were putting bids on. We First time we saw some action and we're basing it off of regular season action rather than, you know, picking some people up at the beginning of the season. Um, first and foremost, that bid by me for George Kittle, way overboard, $21. <laughs> Um, you know, I said it all. I gave my reasons in the group chat. You know, I think that, you know, their receivers are banked up. Goodwin's out or most likely out. Garcon has a, uh, a bump on his thigh or something. I don't know. They're questionable. You know, uh, the short receiving backs are banged up and out for the year and, McK- and uh, McKinnon. So, you know, that middle of the field opens up. He had a ton of targets, five receptions, 90 yards. I wanted him on my team. I feel comfortable with the running backs, which is where people spend most of their money. I feel comfortable with my top five starting. Like, I have five running backs that I would feel comfortable starting. Um, The the one I'm most uneasy with is uh, LaShawn McCoy. And if he's your fifth running back, that's not a bad running back stable. So I'm not worried about that. So that's kind of why I went high. The reason I went 21, and this is just to kind of like teach people my process that I've heard about when I was learning about fab, you know, I was worried people might spend money and I didn't know how it was going to go. I knew that Kalo, Diddy and Kyle were not because Yamakas. And I know that <laughs> I know that Cranmer and I know that Eric lost a tight end. So I was worried about how it was going to go down. I figured 20 bucks was the max anybody was going to spend. So I threw in one extra dollar to kind of, you know, try and break the tie. Because people tend to like nice, even chunks of money to spend rather than, you know, you'd rather, I'll, I'll spend $10. I'll spend $20. It's more likely than I'll spend $7 on this and $3 on that. Like, it's just a more common approach to spend that even amount of money. Um and so I always add that extra dollar in to kind of, you know, tip the scales in my favor. Now that I've given you my my theories on that, I'll start putting in $22 bids instead of 21 or 12 <laughs> instead of 10. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please don't ever spend $21 on a tight end ever again. No, listen, I, I there's no there's never a receiver I'm going to spend that much money on. You can't take the money like like running backs go down and there is a backup who you spend money on. Wide receivers go down. It's not like there's usually a handcuff that you go after. So that's kind of why I was like, you know what? I just want to I want to get a tight end, put him in my roster, and not even think about it. And I think George Kittle is that guy. I'm taking a risk. Whether that's the case or not, we'll see. But that's my move. I'm going with Kittle as my guy, and we'll see how that works out. Um, the other bids for him, there were two other bids bids for him one was seven dollars by diddler on the roof and one was one dollar by matt Kalo. obviously significantly less than 21 dollars uh the next highest was austin eckler for eight dollars to todd job and there was one other bid for him and it was two dollars by diddler on the roof uh the next highest was pat mahomes seven dollars so here's here's what i got i'd like i like the eckler pickup but i don't think you're getting i think that's that's an inflated number that he's showing you. Um, score? Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. He's he's a handcuff at best, in my right. opinion. 
Agreed. You're not going to play him. Your your fingers are crossed that Gurley dies. And by dies, I mean gets injured. I obviously, I don't mind Joe Max pickup. It doesn't it doesn't affect me either way with the Crowder dropping or uh, picking up uh, Mahomes. The only uh, other bid on him was again Diddler for two dollars. So like I said before, Diddy's not a big spender, and we kind of know that because we know each other in this league. So I know that, and and that's why if you're if you're going after someone you know Diddy's going to go for, you know that you're going to have to spend a little bit more money. Um, but so that's three success unsuccessful attempts by the diddler so far. There is one other one, but I need to talk about that at the end, and you'll see why. I I put in for Yeldon because you can't trust right now. I've got to play the fact that Fournette is injured. Yeah, I was actually I was actually my original bid was three dollars. And then I was like, ah, I really, do. I, I need him because if yes. Fournette goes down, I need him. So I bumped yep. it up to five. And that's unfortunate because there were no other bids for him. I strongly considered bidding for him, but I already have so many running backs on my roster. I couldn't squeeze him in. Yeah. Um, fifth one was Tyler Lockett. Went for that's five. A, that's a good. That's a good pickup only because Baldwin's down. But Kyle again replacing Baldwin. It's not like he's gaining something out of this he lost one of his starters and is basically putting in a second wide receiver right Uh, but now once he gets downgraded from doubtful to out he can put him on his on his ir and pick somebody else up yep uh ty montgomery that's a smart move just get rid of him he's he's yeah yeah not anything oh yeah Uh, philip Lindsay. i don't think that's uh, you probably could have got him for zero i don't think uh i can tell you that you so it was who got him for a dollar. Wes, Wes would have been able to get him for a dollar because the only bid was Carl and they for zero dollars. And um, Wes is lower in the standings okay. than than okay. him. So yes, Ted, Tedkin Jr. I do like that move for Wes because now we know this year Breeze is going to sling the ball, <laughs> and that's a good pickup. Anunwa. We don't really know. Was Detroit that bad, which I think they are that bad, or was, or are the Jets that good? Are they for real? Uh, I don't think you'll be using him a lot. But so, hey, it's a, dollar, it's a dollar, so who cares? It was a dollar. The meaning to the madness here is he got double-digit targets compared to who their number one receiver is really supposed to be, which is... Um, right. You know, Robbie Anderson, he had one target, one target, one catch, one touchdown. That's why his numbers didn't look the worst. But I mean, Anunwa had 10 targets. That's a that's a big number. And so I'm just looking for some stability out of a wide receiver position of targets. It, that So that was a team based move, like a, a roster construction based move. The other bid, which baffles me. I am very surprised Jared could went Cook went for zero dollars. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pick. Um, I I mean he he notoriously teases. Listen, I I agree. Uh, Green Bay teased often, and uh, you know it's it's a good pickup because one it's zero dollars, but two um, I was going to put in for him, but right now I don't need him. In two weeks I'll probably need him when Jordan Reed breaks something. But I mean you might as well take a shot, especially if it's zero. Yeah. Where what I don't get is I know Cranmer Cranmer is a smarter player than the average person, I suppose. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um he's you're not playing him. He's not 
Okay, even if if he goes out and puts up 15 points and Ben Roethlisberger puts up 17 this week, who are you starting next week? Oh, I'm, I'm, never, I'm never starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what it comes down That's, to. Exactly. And it's there's only two more weeks of Ryan Fitzpatrick being usable. Like, Jameis Winston comes back. They're not going to not start Jameis Winston there. Yeah. He it, the only thing, off. again, to add into that is it's a $0 bid. Yeah, but he would have been better off bidding $10 on Mahomes. Right. And the only other, uh, I mean, Fondue Belly Button added uh, Jack Doyle for $0. Might That's as well. He, he yeah. obviously needs to. Yeah, you might know? as well. He had lost a tight end, and, and he waited to see how the tight end market shook out. And $21 for Kittle, $0 for Cook, and $0 for Jack Doyle. And Jack Doyle and Jared Cook will probably be very comparable to Kittle for the rest of the year. Now um, here's my here's my thing. If I'm if I'm Cranmer, just going back, you know what? Dump Fitzpatrick. I'm taking a shot on one of these two guys, Tyrod Taylor or Case Keenum. Oh, absolutely. Tyrod Taylor is as long as he's in, he's a top fifteen, top twelve quarterback. I mean, yep. And there's no reason not to. I mean, yeah. he's gonna he actually might outproduce Ben Roethlisberger. And I think I mean, no, you should trade me Antonio Brown for Philip Rivers. <laughs> But Case Keenum would be another one I would be high on right now. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, again, I had another overbid. $8 for Derrick Henry. The only other one was $8 to Diddy. And this is a good point to bring this up. What I have to talk about with waivers. It's something we have to look at in the offseason next year. So, everybody, I hope, is familiar with the fact that whoever wins each division is automatically put into the one seed or the two seed. Apparently, for the playoffs, apparently that's how it works all year long. So, Diddy is 1-0. I am 1-0. He's in the lead in the Dover division at 100, and his tiebreaker comes down to points four. He has 113.6 points. I'm in second place in the Wingdale division. And I have 130.5 points. So, in theory, Diddy should be ahead of me in waiver priority. But because we're in opposite divisions and he's winning his division currently, and I'm in second in my division to Kalo, I ended up being higher than him on waiver priority. I'm eighth instead of ninth, and he's ninth. So that Quincy Inunua bid, technically, if we were just a, a one league with 10 teams, no divisions, Diddy would have gotten... Quincy Inunua, and I would not have. So we have to look at whether we can turn that off. I've already looked into trying to turn it off during the season, and I was going to put it to a vote. But I can't turn it off during the season. I don't know if I can turn it off during the off season or not. Um, so that's going to be how the cookie crumbles. It's kind of like the year that the Seahawks went 7-9 and nine and had a home game against the 11-5 and five or 10-6 and six Saints in the playoffs because the Saints came in second in their division and the Seahawks won their division with a losing record. So it's kind of like that in the sense that Diddy has a worse team on paper than mine right now, according to the stats. So he should be ahead of me, but he's not because he's winning his division. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know how everybody's going to feel about that. But unfortunately, that's how it's going to be for the rest of this season because it's too late to change anything right now. It's something we have to look at. Now, before we sign off here, I'd like to point out that the fantasy is kind of a way into looking how players and teams are doing. This is how you know the Jets are not 
contenders. They're pretenders. Jets are coming off of being the number one ranked defense, and not a single person in our league attempted to pick them up. And they're playing the Dolphins, so it's not like they're they're going up against Green Bay or someone. They're playing the Dolphins, which they could get decent points against, and no one picked them up. Just to be clear, they put up 25 points, two touchdowns, four intercep- five interceptions, and 11 points against, against a team that should have been lights out throwing the ball, and yet they're playing Miami, and no one's even taking a risk on them because they're not really that good. You might have just talked me into picking up the defense, the Jets' defense. I still have to fill in my defense role this week. You shouldn't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, very quickly, let's take our predictions because this is a very long episode. Um, yep. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, so, we've got uh, Big Mike versus uh, Jim. What do you got there? Uh, oh, sorry. No, wait, I'm supposed to go first. I am, I am taking Big Mike and... Part of that is probably me just being superstitious and not wanting to pick myself. But the other part of that is, you know, I like his his wide receivers. James Conner's going against a weak defense. Jordan Howard's going against a defense that he's going to do well against. I'm still I'm still shocked Royce Freeman's in there. Um, ben Roethlisberger, I think, has a bounce back week. Uh, Denver's, I don't think, been very great against the tight ends. I might be totally wrong on that. They might be the best against tight ends. So I think Jared Cook has maybe another solid week. And I just have a feeling that Melvin Gordon is supposed to, he's going to blow up this week, supposedly, against the Buffalo Bills' defense. And that just, I just get this feeling he's going to get hurt. And I hope it's not too significant. We'll see. Breeze against Cleveland. I mean, I want to pick myself but I think I'm too scared, and I think that's what it is. What, what do you got? Um, I'm also going with Kramer. So just on the basis that he put up a crap ton of points last week, he's going to put up probably a crap ton of points this week, and like you said, Big Ben's going to have the bounce back. All right, so next game is Carl versus Fondue Belly Button, and I am picking Eric to have a bounce back week. I think that lack of Le'Veon Bell is going to bite Carl in the butt this week, and I think Kareem Hunt comes back. I think Devontae Freeman, if he plays, will do decently. I think that, you know, like it's like he said with Eric. He just has those weeks, and I think this is going to be one of them. He'll bounce back and do well. Chris Hogan, I think, will be a thing more so than he was last week. Patriots rotate things, people in and out like it's their job. And, you know, I just, like, Cooper against the Denver defense is tough. Devontae Adams is banged up. Aaron Rodgers is banged up. Crabtree is Crabtree. I love him. Duke Johnson's not going to do much, I don't think. I mean, maybe because it's going to be a game they should be down in, and he'll need to get the passing yardage. But Marshawn Lynch is not going to do much against Denver. I just I just see Fondue Belly Button winning. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I Aaron Rodgers banged up. I don't like his running backs. I don't like Michael Crabtree. I don't like Amari Cooper. Oh, my God. What do I like about this team? A healthy Rodgers, a healthy Gronkowski, and a healthy yeah. playing Le'Veon Bell. I do like Devontae Adams and a Le'Veon Bell if he can play. I'm actually surprised he's not starting Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun has been out with a concussion, so oh, I, I don't know. For, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm going with Eric. Uh, Freeman's having a bounce back. He's starting Smith. I like that, even though I think Luck would be fine. Um, Hunt, still don't know, but I think Hogan. Brady likes to kind of spread it around week to week. This may be Hogan's week. Hilton, wow, he's going big time. I see what Eric did here. He's got a lot of Indiana teams. He didn't want to, or Indiana players. What? Indianapolis players. Holy cow. 
Um, and he doesn't want to play Luck because then he's starting three. I like that move. Better off playing Alex Smith there. So I'm going to go with Eric. Okay. Uh, I mean, as far as playing the three, just strategically speaking, if you're going to take one of them out, it should be either the wide receiver or the tight end because you got to pick one of those guys to do good. If you think one of them is going to do good, that means the quarterback's probably going to have a... Like, the quarterback yeah. gets points whenever they get points. So just a strategic point there. You can take it or leave it. All right, let's move on to the next one. We got Diddler on the Roof versus Wes's Shathids. And I've got <laughs> I've got Diddler. I don't think it's even going to be close. And actually, we can actually speak to that. Starting off, I mean, A.J. Green's got 23.8 points already. He's got three touchdowns already. I'm watching him on the screen make another big catch right now. So I don't I, like he's his points are just going up and it's the first half is ending right now. So, uh, yeah, I just I've Diddler yeah. running away with this one. I got Diddy as well. That's that's a wrap. Uh, yeah. Not even because of A.J. Green, but just because his team is superior. Um, Wes has got the advantage at uh, quarterback, but I mean, Diddy's got the better running backs, definitely has the better receivers. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with him. Maybe, maybe Crowell has a big game again this week. Yeah, I don't know. So, we'll see. Next game is the Assman versus Focused on the Playoffs. That is Kalo and Joey Mack. Little little bit of back and forth there between them starting in the group chat. Maybe we have another... Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, we got another another potential crap talk fest going on between those two. Um, I'm excited for that. I think it started at the draft when Joey called out Kalo for not being there on that episode of the podcast. Um, so in this one, I am taking one, two, three. I did not take anybody yet in my right down in my list. So I am going to take. Um, I am going to take the ass men. and I'm going to take the ass men because I think Adrian Peterson has a big day against Indianapolis. I'm going to take. Christian McCaffrey against Atlanta, who lost their best linebacker and their best safety for the season last week. Pat Mahomes will be playing from behind and will kind of throw some big passes. And maybe it goes to Watkins this week instead of Hill. And, and that hurts Kalo. I don't know. We'll see. Evans, Hopkins, Diggs, you know, they're they're all going to be double-digit point guys. So I say that that's where that's going to go this week. And that's And you know what the determining factor is? It's Alex Collins. He's sitting there right now at halftime with 3.7 points. Uh, Tyreek can go off. Uh, Odell can go off. Juju is all right. Um, I think if he'll go off, maybe. So, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good high-scoring game in theory. I think. I'm uh, although I hate Alex Collins. Uh, I'm going to stick with Kalo on this one only because I like the quarterback change. I think Kamara's going to drag Collins again. And uh, I do like the fact that, you know, every time Patrick Mahomes throws the hill, you know, it's basically, you know, canceled out. I think I think Kalo's got this one. All right. And then this week's matchup of the week, we have... Todd Job versus Lookout for the Sandusky Sack. I am sorry to say, but I think I'm going with Kyle in this one. And that's going to be really disheartening to you because I think your team is going to do well. And it's going to be another close one and that he's going to win. For some reason, that's just what's going to happen, I think. You know, Keenan Allen going against Buffalo. Um, Todd Gurley going against Arizona. Bilal Powell is his second running back right now, but... Against a Miami team, if 
they struggle with the screen pass, um, passing out of the backfield to the running back. They always do, and that's because they have such weak linebackers. So Pal could have a big game. Kelsey's probably going to bounce back against Pittsburgh. I just i I like your team. I th- I like your team season long, but I think he edges you out this week. Brady's going against the toughest defense he'll face this year. Carolina had played the run well last week against where Coleman is. Fournette nicked up. You don't know what's going to happen there. So I th- I think that he edges you out this week, but I think that that's going to put a spark under your team and and they're going to turn it around really quick because I think you have a great team. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Kyle too just because I don't really have a true running back one right now. Delvin Cook is still kind of being eased into things, Fournette with the injury. Um, I don't like, you know, Blau Powell and Lockett. I think that's a huge upside for me, but, um, I mean, Todd Gurley is a machine. Emmanuel Sanders, Keenan Allen are machines. So I think he's got the edge this week, and unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, we don't really have too many different picks this week, but it is what it is. I'm not going to yeah, pick. I'm not going to pick myself when I don't think I'm going to win, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a pity party here. I just right. don't believe with you know Fournette not being 100 percent and Cook trying kind of getting back to 100 percent. You can't rely on that right now. So right, Cook is getting eased in. Um, with regards to Lockett, the thing is there. It only takes one play for Lockett, and Russell Wilson is that quarterback who's going to get that one play just out of, and it's going to go to Lockett. You know how your luck is going these past couple of years. So, you know, it is is what it is. We'll we'll see, but you know, long haul is what it's all about. Yeah, I'll be happy. If all my players hit double digits, I'll be happy. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, it's been fun. We went quite long with this episode. We analyzed each game from last week. We picked our week, our our picks for this week. We covered waivers. We won't cover waivers as heavily in the future. I'll mention them, who went for what kind of money, but we won't go into depth about those. And and in future, maybe the episodes won't be as long, or maybe we'll break them up into two episodes. We'll see. All right, everybody. Good luck this week. All right. We'll see ya.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the DFFL Podcast. For more information on the DFFL, head on over to DoverFFL.Weebly.com.